0: Welcome to Some Like It Pop's Lista Palooza episode X, episode ten. I'm Matt Timonini and as always, I'm joined by Jennifer McHugh. Jen, are you ready to count down some show tunes?
1: I am. Um, I'm sorry this was so difficult. I really oh, am because it's it horrible. Because we we
0: could probably do a
1: our top 100 and still not be satisfied. So,
0: oh, this satisfied is that is that, a, is, that a, is that foreshadowing <laughs> what might be on there? Maybe, uh, maybe. All right. all right, you can follow Jen on Twitter at Eponine Q, that's E-P-O-N-I-N-E-Q, and you can follow me at B-W-W-M-A-T-T. You can find all episodes of Sound Like a Pop, including lists of Paloozas and special mini episodes on BroadwayWorld.com, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, so please subscribe so that you can catch every episode of Sound Like a Pop as soon as it's available, then share the sheer, all-encompassing joy that is Sound Like a Pop with everyone you know. Okay, Jen, we started this list of Palooza thing in earnest uh, back in January, talking about our favorite plays and our favorite musicals. We have gotten to our 10th one of these lists, um, and we decided to go back to the theater world. We're going to count down our top 10 favorite show tunes of all time. How this works is that I will first count down my 10 through 6 show tunes, then Jen will do the same, and then we will alternate back and forth 5 through 1, and then when we're done, Jen is going to tell us what episode 11 is going to be counting down. So, Jen, as you said, uh, this was very hard for me. I generally have struggle to fill lists because I don't think about things uh, in these list forms like you often do, and I often kind of do a lot of research to to get a good list that I feel about. Um, how I did this one, though, is I went through my iTunes. I just went through all the songs I've got. I have um, 10,240 songs in iTunes. That is 24.2 days worth of music, the Overwhelmingly vast majority of those are show tunes, which may or may not be a surprise to some, but I scrolled through all, let's say 20 days of show tunes and I put together a list or a collection. They weren't, they weren't ordered, but I put a collection together, a collection of 32 songs that I thought deserved consideration for the top 10. So I started to organize them. It was difficult. There's a lot of things that I wrote down that did make this list that I don't feel good about not including and As I look at my top 10, I don't necessarily like the story that my top 10 is telling, but I think it's accurate. So I'm going to go ahead and go 10 through 6, and to all of my Dead Homie show tunes, I'm going to pour one out for you because I'm sorry I couldn't get you on here. All right, starting off at number 10 is the song 96,000 from In the Heights. This was hard because I don't know that this is my favorite song from the show, but I don't know that I have a favorite song for the show if we were doing favorite cast albums. This would be much higher on the list. It was just hard to pinpoint one song. Number nine is a song I'll Be Here from Adam Guan's Ordinary Day. If you watch a performance of this song or listen to it and don't cry you are not human and i hate you number eight is into the fire from the scarlet Pimpernel. this is where it starts to show you who i am and we maybe talk about that later number seven is a is a song from a show jen that i know you absolutely hate and that is sunday from sunday in the park with george and number <laughs> si- <laughs> and number six this is one that jen kind of on first blush, you would think wasn't eligible, but this is a song, Endless Night, from The Lion King. We said that to be counted, it had to be a song that was originated on stage. This is one of the songs from the Disney stage version of The Lion King that was not in the movie, and that is Endless Night. So that Accepted. Kind of Accepted. Thank you. So that is my 10 through 6. Jen, what do you got?
1: This might be the first list where we don't overlap.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think we, I, eh, I think we've got a shot to overlap here at but least on one or two.
1: I'm definitely wondering where I'll get my blech in return okay. for Sunday in the Park with George. Okay. Um, my number 10 is Run Freedom Run from Town. Um, number nine is New Music from Ragtime. Mm. Number eight is Totally Fucked from Spring Awakening.
0: So, so on brand for you.
1: Number seven, ironically, number seven is I Love You from the 25th Annual Putnam <laughs> County Spelling Bee.
0: Damn it. That and was number- the that was the I Love You song is one that got axed from my list.
1: Yes. Number six is Suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of
0: Horrors. Another one that got axed from my list. Oh, you're making it very hard on me, here, Jen.
1: <laughs> it should not <sighs> be this hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Here's, my number five is one that I thought we could potentially overlap in. What song did you pick from Ragtime, Jen? New Music. I went the complete other way on that. I went Make Them Hear You. Make Them Hear You is the anthem that Colehouse Walker Jr. sings in the second act, played brilliantly by the great Brian Stokes Mitchell. And he's telling them that whatever it is you do in your life, make people understand the message that, you, that they are trying to communicate at that point through a violent means. Tell them to do it from a pulpit, do it through writing, whatever it is, Make people hear your message because as black people in the early 20th century, they were not heard. So I love this song. I love this anthem. And the the story that I'm kind of telling with my top 10 is that this is the third song from the 1998 or 1997-1998 theatrical Broadway season, which just so happens to be the first time that I ever went to New York and went to Broadway. There are four songs on my top 10 that are from my first trip that I saw In my first time ever going to New York. That's Into the Fire from the Scarlet Pimpernel, Endless Night from Lion King, and Make Them Hear You from Ragtime. And one coming up, this shows my, um, sentimentality is far more overshadowing my, um, intellectual side, which I don't always appreciate. But, uh, Make Them Hear You is, still gives me goosebumps. I'm talking about it and I'm getting goosebumps, uh, uh, just thinking about that. I song. feel
1: that way about the whole show. And I only chose new music yeah. because it was the only time I have audibly moaned in a theater. Like tears <laughs> shot out of my eyes when Brian Stokes Mitchell sang, <laughs> Sarah, come down to me. I lost my mind. So there's yeah. not a bad choice in that show. So no judgment.
0: <laughs> no, there's really not. Okay, so what do you got for number five?
1: Well, I think what you said is valid. Like, is your first time to New York? Is your first time visiting Broadway? So obviously these sh- these songs are going to be ones that like just blew your mind. And so they're they're a little sappy now that I'm looking at it. My number <laughs> five is "Nobody Needs to Know" from the last five years, and I picked it because I, I love that show. It's it's a challenging challenging piano score. Freaking Jason Robert Brown, but in that song it is this it's uh, kind of in the realm of bolero where it's just the same thing repeated over and over again just at different volumes and different um emotions and he basically describes how their relationship completely fell apart in that show by using a tree metaphor and it just was like oh yeah i've been there and it's just heartbreaking and he's just the way he sings it, or the way it's sung, I should say, both times I've seen it, really just melted my heart, and then at the very end, when it's been in one key and completely repeated the entire time, it goes off on this bizarre note that you never see coming, and it just it just killed me.
0: And he's effectively he's singing the song to his mistress. Uh alert know, so it's it's one of those <laughs> dude, that show is like, a, a de- more than a decade old, it's had a movie and a revival. Um, I had I had See I'm Smiling in my list of songs to consider, but it didn't make the top ten. I went the complete other way. Um, I could talk a whole lot about the last five years in the cast recordings and the soundtracks, but we don't have time for that at this point. You went with a song... <laughs> I see a slight connection between your number five and my number four. I went with a song that is one... I'm going to say this. I know Sondheim is not your jam. I think number four is one of the most beautiful melodies ever written for the stage, which is not something that you normally think about with Sondheim. But I honestly think that if you just played this melody, it could have been fit into any romantic scene in a Broadway show. The problem is, is that this song is a duet between two people who tried to assassinate presidents. And that is Unworthy of Your Love from Assassins. The song is sung by Squeaky Frome, uh, who is one of the Manson children, and and John Hinckley, who, because he thought that Jodie Foster, a teenage Jodie Foster, was talking to him through the television, tried to assassinate President Reagan. This song is so stirring and moving and wonderful. I love this song. I loved it from the original off-Broadway production, who, if you found out who the guy is that played John Hinkley, Jen, you would be surprised that I can't think of his name right now, but he's like a guy that's
1: exactly who John Hinckley is.
0: Oh, do you? Greg, okay. German? Greg German. That's it. Thank you very much. And, and Annie gold and Anne golden is, um, is squeaky, but, and then I saw the revival on Broadway. Um, it's just a beautiful song. And I think it's, I think assassins is completely undeservably under ranked in terms of Sondheim's hierarchy of shows.
1: Well, here's a little trip into the past, but in college, Jen played Squeaky Frome in Assassins. No! (laughs) So I know that recording you're speaking of, like, the back of my hand.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so real quick, though, am am I off on that? Do you not feel the same way about that song? it's a beautiful
1: song. I mean, it's hilarious because when you're watching it, you're like, this is pretty. This is horrifying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the the switch she goes when she goes into – uh, we'll belly, I would drink your blood belly deep through mud. <laughs> Let's, uh, yeah, I, I would crawl belly deep through hell. I would yeah, it's just uh, it's just so it's so sondheim, you know, like he completely subverts everything you expect. He finally writes um the melody that Jason Alexander wanted him to write in merrily we roll along, and it's about people who want to kill presidents. So alright. There you go. So I did not know that. Good good trip to the past. Alright, what do you have for number four, Jen?
1: My number four is well, I couldn't let the list go by without a Les Mis song because I have it tattooed on my leg and that would just be blasphemous. Yes. Picking one is harder, so I have to go with my It is favorite, which I don't know is unconventional or very predictable, but it is stars.
0: <laughs> Damn you, Jen. Did we? That was on my list. Everyone, I didn't, I I didn't keep it. <laughs> it literally has. Um, if I ever decided to get on stage again, I would, one of the few parts I would do it for was to play Javert.
1: Yeah. um, Stars has always been one of my favorite songs in that show because it's just such a great moment. It's just one person on the stage. It's just like down center in a spotlight. It's beautiful. And it's, he's singing his intention for, you know, finding Valjean. And you just kind of realize what kind of a person he is. He's not a bad guy. He's just a rules, he plays by the rules. And when the rules aren't followed, you know, he jumps off a bridge. So, I think that that is a very defining moment for Javert. And I love a good baritone voice. You know, when you go to see Les Mis, you want two things. You want Javert to have a great voice and you want Angel Ross to be hot. Those are my requirements. So (laughs) uh, when this song is sung correctly, it it just melts me.
0: Yeah, I think Angel Ross is a, a severely unrecognized, important part of that show. That's a really tough sing, and people don't appreciate how how talented the the person playing that part has to be. But the thing that I like about Stars is going to tie into one of my other songs on the list um, that's coming up here, but it's just that in musical theater, because of how the narrative has to be compressed to fit in songs and dancing. You don't often get a ton of depth and nuance in characters. So I love songs that are able to reveal something about a character that you, that the audience doesn't see in other places and that the other characters don't appreciate. It's very easy to say Javert is the bad guy in this show. This song, if you really pay attention to it, shows you that he's not a bad guy. He's actually just doing his in, And I think what makes... Valjean you know respect him is that I think Valjean's the only other person that really understands that so we'll get more into that in a little bit but I'm completely in support of of stars thanks all right <laughs> my number three is a song that I've never seen performed on stage but I it is one of my favorite YouTube videos um, and I have become a huge fan of this actress because of her performances in the first professional production of the show, Edges, by Passick and Paul. There are two songs that I could have picked from, both performed by Whitney Basher, who, Jen, she is getting ready to star in, in Merrily We Roll Along out in L.A., um, directed by Michael Arden, um, and Wayne Brady is going to be in it, and a bunch of other really big names are going to be in it. Um, but the song that I picked is in short. I really like story songs as well. And, and Jen, are you familiar with this either this song or this show at all?
1: I've heard of it because I follow Pasca and Paul on Twitter.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, basically, it's a song cycle, but this song has such a great story. It's about a woman who was dumped; uh, her boyfriend uh, got another girlfriend, and <laughs> I don't want—I don't—I don't want to t- say more because the some of the fun of this song is is being surprised but I will just say that Whitney Basher's performance of this and the song perfect in edges I've never seen the show so I don't know if in the song cycle it's the same character it's the same performer but I don't know if they're connected or not but they're they're just so well acted I love this song um and if you are unfamiliar with it definitely check out Whitney Basher's version um of in short she's wearing a green sweater in the original video so if you want to see that one that's the one that I love and watch a lot so that's my number three Jen what do you have
1: for my number three, I have a
0: feeling is is nowhere near
1: your list, but it is Gethsemane from Jesus Christ Superstar.
0: Hmm. Um, okay, I had I had a I had a Jesus Christ Superstar song on my list, but not that one.
1: But you're familiar with it.
0: Oh yeah, of course. It's the it's the take this cup away from me, all that stuff. Yeah.
1: So basically, this is the beginning of Act Two or the end of Act One. I think it's the end of Act.
0: No, it's beginning of Act okay. Two. Um, blood, money, blood, money, ends Act one.
1: Wow. I think you know more about Jesus Christ Superstar than I give you credit for. <laughs> Gethsemane is a garden in Jerusalem, and it's basically where Jesus goes to pray the night before his crucifixion. So this song, I mean, I've seen it with Ted Neely, and I mean, he tears the stage down with his voice. Like, he has, like, three octave range. It's in- It's insane. So... Uh, growing up in the 70s, because I'm old, you know, this was one of the albums we had, and this, <laughs> you know, it was almost tainted by my brothers and sister trying to hit those notes. But it always, <laughs> um, despite the topic of the song, always makes me smile because of the long history I've had with Jesus Christ Superstar and seeing that voice from the cast recording live so many times performing it and it sounding identical.
0: I had heaven on their minds on my list, but I too have seen Ted Neely do it. Ted Neely at that point did not sound like Ted Neely used to sound. Um, I've seen I've seen the production twice: one with Carl Anderson who played Judas in uh, in the movie, and uh, and once with Ted Neely as well. I I love this album, and it's definitely in heavy rotation at times.
1: I honestly didn't know that you liked Jesus Christ Superstar. I thought that it was one of your ones you didn't like. No,
0: love Jesus Christ Superstar. I am hit or miss on a lot of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like I like half of them. Like I like his earlier stuff. I, I love Jesus Christ Superstar. I love Evita. I really enjoy Joseph. It's obviously a much different show, but I love those. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any others that I really enjoy that I can't that I'm not thinking of right now. But but those are the three that I can think of off the top of my head that I really really enjoy. Um, School of Rock. No, I'm whatever. Um, okay. Yeah. It, it's, it's really just a Vita Jesus Christ superstar and Joseph, but yeah, anyway, so I'm, I'm all, I'm all for that. Okay. All right. So my number two is a song that I equated to stars. This is a song about a character who is very much viewed as the bad guy. And unlike Javert, he probably is the bad guy in the show. Eventually. However, he gets to be the bad guy because of everyone automatically thinking he is for no real reason. But this is the song that kind of reveals who he is and why he is who he is. And that is the song Lonely Room from Oklahoma. This is the song that Judd sings. It's his I Want song. It explains that he wants to have a connection with people. He doesn't know how. He wants to be accepted, but he doesn't know how. He wants to be in love, but he doesn't know how. And it's a heartbreaking song. I think that the movie is damaged by not having this now they it's a much different ending to the movie than is on the stage so obviously there's reasons for that but if you've never seen the Trevor Nunn West End uh, version of this show that was filmed that starred Hugh Jackman but also starred Shuler Hensley who transferred to Broadway with it and won a Tony for the role Shuler Hensley's performance of Lonely Room is earth-shattering I mean it is heartbreaking it is fantastic so um I'm I'm giving a shout-out to Lonely Room from Oklahoma.
1: Good for you.
0: <laughs> you don't like Oklahoma either, do you?
1: I despise it.
0: <laughs> it's
1: one of three, maybe. I would never, ever, yeah. no one could pay me to see again.
0: Yeah, when we talked about favorite shows, Sunday in the Park and Oklahoma were on my list, and I know you hated both of them. So.
1: That is correct. That is correct. All right.
0: So what's your number two, Jen?
1: Well... I mean, you knew it was going to make an appearance at some point, but I'm, you may have thought it was going to be number one. I was. I but it's number two. So now, with my obsession with Hamilton, I go through favorite songs weekly because, you know, you just get in these modes where you're analyzing the songs and you really identify one or I'm trying to learn the rap part of one and so I could say a different favorite song for every week but this one has been consistently my favorite from before I saw it when I saw it and since I saw it and that is wait for it from Hamilton towards the end of act one for those of you who haven't heard of Hamilton Mm -hmm. it's the story of Alexander Hamilton and Um, wait for it is sung by Aaron Burr And what he is basically saying is that his philosophy is very different from Hamilton's, And whereas Hamilton goes after things and makes things happen, whereas Aaron Burr kind of sits back and lets things happen to him. So he's been through a lot with his family and his friends and everything, and he has to just lay low and things will happen to him. And in essence, he waits for it. Um as the show progresses, he realizes that doesn't work, but in this moment, um and maybe it was seeing leslie odom jr tony award winner
0: mm-hmm.
1: belt this out in the in the theater uh it's just a beautiful, beautiful song, and wow. he he just he just wrecks it. And um, I think David said when they were recording it, it was a throw your shoe moment because it was so good that he took off a shoe and threw it at the window that he was recording in. Um, it's just a beautiful song. He has a beautiful voice, and there's so much passion in it. It's just been my consistent favorite.
0: Very good. And we mentioned on our last um, regular episode of Some Like It Pop the Hamilton mixtape, and Usher is going to be singing that uh, on the Hamilton. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> okay. Ironically, I can't wait for it. Oh,
0: <laughs> terrible puns. All right. So tired. Yeah. All right, Jen. So when you said that you didn't think we were going to have any overlaps, my number one is actually the song that I thought we might have an overlap. So if we do overlap, it's going to be in the number one position. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance, but
1: there's a chance we do have a very similar, you know, yes. favorite musical. Yes.
0: So. so my song is, is, let's get it out of the way. It's from Rent. Uh, my favorite song. This has been my favorite song since 1996 when I, first got the, that, that double CD, and it is sung by a guy who is on one of my favorite TV shows, um, and that is the CW's TV show, The Flash, sung by Jesse L. Martin. The song is the reprise of I'll Cover You. This is sung when Collins is giving the eulogy to his uh, at his boyfriend Angel's funeral, and it is just ungodly heartbreaking. I've seen this show either on tour or on Broadway or in regional productions maybe a dozen times, uh, maybe not that many, nine nine, ten times. And if you don't get a lump in your throat or, or cry a little bit when you hear this song, I don't want to know you because it is beautiful. But there's nothing like listening to Jesse L. Martin sing it on the cast recording. So for now 20 years, this has been my favorite show tune. And that's the reprise of I'll Cover You.
1: Well, we did overlap on the show, just okay. not the song. All right. That's fair. However, I wanted to say something about that. The thing that makes it even more heart-wrenching is that it is a reprise. Yes. But the first time they sing it, they're like so full of happiness yes. and joy, and they're admitting that they're in love with each other, and, and they have their whole futures ahead of them. And then he, when he comes out and reprises that at his funeral, oh, mm-hmm. forget it.
0: Yeah. It's good, yeah. It's it's and it's and it's a first version of it. It's very upbeat and it's very dance heavy and and you know has a nice beat behind it. The reprise is somber and more of a ballad. So I'm choked up thinking about. Yeah, it. Yeah, it's a good one. It's good. Okay, so you have another rent song. There's obviously tons of options to pick from. Where did you go?
1: Well, I mean, I went a little bit more mainstream, but just because. I don't, I was the exact age that they were when this, no, when I was the exact age that they were when this show came out. So this was like my time and this song for some reason just resonated so hardcore with me and it is such an anthem to get pumped up to and it's just a big F you to the world. Like I'm going to live my life Uh. no matter what. And that song is the first act finale, La Vie Bohème. And it's basically just the entire cast at this cafe, where they don't have the money to pay for food or anything, but they just want to be together. And they're really just dancing and trying to live in the moment because some of them are sick, some of them don't have jobs, some of them don't have futures, and they just want to be happy in that moment. And La Vie Boheme, and it's just such a great fin- for like act finale. You're just so energized when the curtain when the lights come up. So I chose La Vie Boheme.
0: Yeah, that's that's a great one, too. That's one where I still, if it comes up on SiriusXM, I still know all the words. I still okay. sing along. Um, it's fantastic. So I'm glad. That's in, that's very interesting that our lists were so different but so similar, especially because, you know, I had a list of 30 that I could choose from. But it, it is interesting that we had different songs from the same show as our number ones. I think that's uh, that says a lot about us, Jen. We have a lot of overlap, but we are also very different in a lot of our tastes as well. Very true. All right, Jen. So this was our special 10th episode. It harkened back to our days of our starting lists in the, the theatrical world. Now that we're moving on to list 11, what you got?
1: Well, you know how I like to make your life miserable. Yes, I do. So we've done uh, some, a lot of TV and a lot of Broadway, so I thought I'd steer us back to movies a little bit. And I would like you to come up with your top 10 list of your favorite movies before 1970
0: okay that, that seems i think that's doable i think that's good i like okay. that good all right good And and it gives me some way to focus my research so i can come up with things <laughs> um but good all right because i think i had in my top 10 i think i had maybe one that was pre-1970 so i won't have i won't be able to kind of go back on that list uh and duplicate things so this will be a good challenge so good i appreciate that thank you jen all right, thanks for listening to Some Like a Pop's Lista Palooza, Episode 10. You can find all of our episodes on broadwayworld.com and get new episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at SLIP Podcast. You can follow Jen at Q & You can find me at BWWMATT. Also, follow Broadway Radio on Twitter and Facebook at Broadway Radio. We'll be back soon, um, maybe in a couple weeks. We're trying to get back on schedule, but Jen is, like, super important at her day job and, like, travels all over the place now. So... Who knows? We'll be back at some point with a new episode of Something Like a Pop in the aforementioned movie's pre-1970 of palooza So until then, we'll see you around the Broadway world.